It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Blog Talk Radio. On tonight's episode of Confession Session. Nines have acquired another big deal and continue making large moves. Welcome and plans to leave everyone behind. And Bridge Montana has been for a and I'm your host, John Othello, and you are listening to the one and the only Confession Session! <laughs> hey, John Othello, how, how's your Sunday going? My Sunday is going. Um, I'm actually off for a change today, so that was really good. I got to sleep. I went to the gym this morning. Um, I wow. ate Oh, excuse me, I'm burping now because I ate Sunday dinner. It was delicious. Rotisserie chicken, <laughs> mac and cheese, <laughs> stuffing. So, um, what? yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good so thing, good. you know, after the show. Um, Chris did. Wow, yum, stuffing. Yeah. Is it, was it a mm-hmm. tabletop stuffing or is it like actually dressing? Um, it was like the the box, the box stuffing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. that's a big dinner. Well, I guess after yeah. a big workout, you deserve it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so fucking good. So now I'm like full and, you know, burping and being disgusting. <laughs> but I did, I got to take a nap today as well. So, you know, I love my naps, especially on my days off. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm ready for the show. You know, I got to, okay. you know, breathe for a chance and, you know. Not have to worry about the stresses of work, so I'm happy about Good. that. Yeah, how's your weekend been? Busy. Um, just been out about pretty much all weekend. Friday, um, my cousin was in town, and um, well, she's still in town, and my cousin Shamika, my cousin Tavia, uh, sister, her little sister, she yeah. uh, came, and her uh, four kids came, and. It was just a really nice party. You know, Tay, she had a nice party. The turnout was real. Unfortunately for me, you know, I guess it's fortunate, whatever y'all want to call it. You know, I was only drinking pineapple and lemon juice, you know what I'm saying? Uh, no liquor. So, but she had these, she always make like these pineapples and she get like, I don't know, like a big ass box of pineapples and she cut them usually and like it'd be like the middle part of the pineapple still left inside the whole pineapple. She slides off the top. And she, like, pours mixed drinks inside the pineapples. And usually they are extra delicious. I was like, oh, so turnt. So everybody around me was just having a blast, getting turned up, you know. And it was just a really fun time. And um, everybody was, like, looking at my feet and, like, oh, my God, you look just so miserable. And because <laughs> and, my feet are, like, extra swole. And um, it was just overall, though, I had a really good time seeing my cousin, having fun with her and talking to her about just everything that's been going on with her and me. So that was really nice. And then um, uh, yesterday we went out. We went out looking for a crib. 
you know, September, like, that's, that's just literally, like, right around the corner, like, that is just well, so... Well, actually, the, the, the original due date was in September, but because it's twins, they're inducing me at 37 weeks. Okay. So, instead of me being, going out full 40, it's going to be 37, and so, um, 37 weeks is literally August 13th, and that's the day that I'm going to go in for the cesarean. So, yep, just hopefully everything works out. You know what I'm saying? Slice it my ass will. open. Let's get this done and over with. Not you slice know, my and... ass open. Oh, my God. <laughs> the baby's out. Drug me. I remember being drugged with Giovanni. That was, that was like the best high in the world. It was like, what? what? Hold up. I'm oh like, y'all God. really going to give me this baby right now when I'm like really, really fucked up? Like, this is not a good thing. Like, somebody can get this kid. This is not okay. What are you guys doing right now? Like, right, they're trying to put your arms like, like he's, he's sliding right. out. So. You have to hold the baby. Bitch, I'm trying to. Like, what the fuck am I on? Like, what is right. this? <laughs> so, okay. so that's crazy. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to everything except getting the, um, what is that thing called? The catheter what? put in me. I do not oh, like gosh. that shit at all. Like, I've been dreading this. Just that's the only thing. Like, I understand labor is, was really bad. Like, I mean, it was really, really bad. But that catheter yeah. shit, oh no. Oh no. I don't like that. <laughs> mm. I don't like that shit at all. So, yeah. that's going to be frustrating for me to have to get that. I'm worried about that shit. I'm just. Go ahead and pray and hope that I, you know what I'm saying, take out the G and keep it moving and be able to take it out in a couple of days and, you know what I'm saying, <sighs> don't have to think about it no more until I'm 32 and I have my next baby. <laughs> oh, so you want, you want some more kids after this, huh? I want a girl. Oh, so you like, I, yeah. need, to get, I need to get my girl. I feel you. We're going to try again at 32. And when I turn 32, if, it, if, it, if I have another boy, God damn it, I'm done. That's it. That's all. <laughs> what so, you say, just a house full of niggas. Like, you just like, exactly. fuck it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm nervous because what if I get pregnant again and I have another set of twins? What is life going to be with a house of seven motherfuckers? Like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and you know, I, I never even wanted one kid. So to have go from one to three, three to five, oh, my goodness. I'm going to be the average Scorpio mama. What does that mean? Because, oh. you know, Scorpio, I feel like a lot of Scorpios, they don't want kids, and then they end up having, like, a baby, and then, you know, something dramatic happens, like this situation, and then I have, you know, I got twins now, and, you know, so now I got three kids when I didn't even want one, you know, and then mm. it's like, oh, well, kids are really that bad, and I got all these boys, and I want to try uh-huh. for a girl, and it's just like... And then you turn around, you be like, damn, all these Scorpios, you know, they older, but they be having like five kids. Like, what the hell? Like, I remember like talking mad shit about plenty family members. Like, that bitch got five kids. I mean, I guess they weren't taking care of their kids though. Like, that would be the difference. Like, other people would be taking care of their kids for them and stuff like that. So, but still, I'd be like, oh, why she got five kids? You know what I'm saying? But and I got cousins who got seven kids and stuff like that who take care of their kids, but. I was always the person talking shit, and now look at me. 27, and I have three sons. Three y'all. I'm jealous. But, I mean, you're married, and it's all by one person. So, I mean, not trying to shame anybody no, for it. No, it's not. No, it's not. 
No, it's not. These twins got two different daddies. What you talking about? <laughs> you are ugly. And you about to get choked out while pregnant, nigga. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right. Well, we finna get ready and get into these topics for the evening. But do not forget, check us out on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and of course, this podcast from Law Talk. Send us your confessions at confessions the number two us at gmail dot com. Don't forget to tag us in the drama, like, comment, rate, and subscribe, and let us know what topics you like for us to discuss. Jim, would you like to go ahead and hit them with that confession question of the day? Of course. Confession question. Confession question. <laughs> How does it make you feel when your family or friends are always available for the negative things that happen in your life, but are always too busy for the positive? Again, how does it make you feel when family and friends are always available for the negative things that happen in your life, but are always too busy for the positive things? Let's get into those confessionals, Miss Angel Vadrina. That's right, y'all. Okay, now, according to Bossit.com, French Montana has been ordered to pay Waka Flocka's mom dead $2 million for old management deals. It seems like everybody's out here just owing people money. Now, French Montana, he's owed $2 million over old business deals, and it looks like the newly minted American citizen, French Montana, will have to settle some of the old debts with his former manager, Deb. You know Deb from growing up hip-hop, loved in hip-hop Atlanta, and helping break artists like Gucci Mane, Nicki Minaj, and her son, Waka Flocka. Now, apparently, she lended some of the same services to French Montana earlier in his rap career, However, French Montana chose to go around her for certain deals and to try and cut her out of the cash. But you know how contracts go. According to page six, Deb's company, Mize Entertainment, filed a lawsuit against French for $1.8 million. Um, and French, he never replied to the suit like a fool. So it was an automatic win for Deb. To top it all off, Deb was awarded an additional $135,000 to interest, bringing a grand total to $1.9 million, but we'll just go ahead and call it an even $2 million. Now, Deb, if Deb is anything like Dane, French Montana is going to want to cough up that cash. Is that? She don't want to get in. He don't want to get embarrassed now. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but John, what do you think about about this? And why are people – Getting these damn dumbass deals and not paying, you know, like what are y'all doing? Well, first of all, I just want to say like props to you know Miss Deb because I remember her, you know, in the beginning when we first started finding out about you know Deb at Nina and uh, you know the just amazingness that she is, um, and not just Waka yeah. Flocka's mother because um, yeah, she has like you said, she mama has dad. worked with a lot of artists you know she started with Nicki Minaj as well she helped her in her career in the beginning um but I feel like a lot of times um and not you know they're, they're just like okay whatever get the help and then when they find someone bigger and better they're just trying to figure out how to get out of a situation and you know I've heard of you know I mean, not personally, but just like through, you know, watching interviews that French Montana is, 
sort of a shysty, a shysty kind of like person and, you know, an undercutter. I don't know if currently he's like that, but just like in the beginning of his career, because they said he worked with a few people and was trying to, you know, move around and was like, you know, trying to get some help here, trying to get some help there, you know, for his career. But at the end of the day, wanted to keep everything for himself. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you do wrong, eventually it's going to catch up with you. And I just Googled his net worth and it's $8 million. So that's going to be $2 million is a, is a nice little hit to the, to the pockets there. Mm. Um, I hope he does get it. You know, like I hope he, I mean, I hope he can pay it, you know, um, and hopefully it doesn't just sit like a judgment forever, you know, saying that you owe somebody and, you know, or she's able to garnish his wages or, or something, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's just unfortunate that she has to go to the courts to get her money back, especially with her being so influential in his career in the beginning. You know, without her, who knows where, you know, he would be. But, yeah, what did you think? I, th- I think it's a damn shame, like you said. You know, Frank Montana, he – nobody should have to tell grown-ass people to pay their debts, especially when you know what you were prior to – her management style, her deals, and what she gave to you. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, you know, you got you have to pay not only $1.8 million, but now you have to pay these additional interest fees, which you wouldn't even have had to pay in originally had you just paid what you owed in the beginning. So even if you just, you know, set up a payment plan or whatever the case, whatever rich people do, you know. But French Montana, he, I mean, he, he's been making money. He could definitely afford to pay her back. We see him on TV shows and doing a mold. I'm sure he's getting checks for that. Stop sitting out there fronting, buying all of this shit for no reason at all, and go ahead and do what you're supposed to be doing. Don't be out here stunting, and maybe you won't be sitting up there only one individual. I agree. He definitely does move like he's a billionaire out here. I did not realize he was only worth $8 billion, which is, I mean, that's a lot. That's a million, lot yeah. of fucking yeah. That's what that's what I said. Um, I that is a lot of fucking money. <laughs> no, <laughs> eight million dollars is a lot of fucking money. But it's just like and you moving like you did, nigga. Like and you're right. nowhere by any means near, you know. But ugh. but you got enough money to pay her, so just go ahead and pay what you owe, or at least pay some of that shit up. Because if you don't, what's gonna happen is. That interest is going to turn from one hundred and thirty-five thousand to six hundred and twenty-six thousand. And what are you going to do? I mean, it's just going to keep adding up. This is what happens with interest. You know what I'm saying? Just like on cars, just like on loans, just like what are you doing? Pay her her money and don't get embarrassed out here. That makes you look foolish. And why wouldn't you respond to the damn court order? Like you could have fought it, but obviously he knew he was wrong. I don't like things like that. You know, and I don't like shady people like that. That just kind of makes you look at people in a different light. Like, hmm, that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't want to do a deal with this person because I'm scared. This motherfucker may go around me to try and keep all the money for himself. I don't want to have to go and pay my lawyers to go and collect from your ass. I don't know when you're going to pay me back. And I don't want to have to send the goons to your house either. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to – I know Deb, she's like, I'm trying real, real hard. Get 
All right, y'all. An 11 suspect wanted in connection with the killing of 15-year-old Lisandro Jr. Guzman Feliz outside of Bronx Bodega has turned himself into police on Friday. Danilo Pagnaps Pacheco, who's 21 years of age of the Bronx, surrendered to officers at the 48th precinct, precinct accompanied by his lawyer. He faces charges of murder, manslaughter, gang assault, and criminal possession of a weapon, police said. Pacheco allegedly was part of the foot chase that pursued a terrified Guzman uh, Feliz for blocks after a convoy of four vehicles carrying alleged Trinitarios. Gang members went looking for rivals the night of June 20th. A source told uh, PIX11 that Guzman Feliz became scared when he saw the posse in the cars and started running. That's when they gave chase. The team literally ran out of his sandals as he raced uh, down 3rd Avenue and then turned uh, down East 183rd Street, dodging into the bodega located at Bathgate Avenue and East 183rd Street. The bodega is very close to his home. The service surveillance footage from inside the bodega revealed Guzman Feliz desperately jumped over the counter seeking a haven from his pursuers. A group of men stormed into the store and pulled the team out from behind the counter after punching him repeatedly before dragging him out to the sidewalk where he was stabbed with knives and a machete. The team received a lethal stab wound to his neck, stumbled back into the bodega, and slumped over the counter. He was told to go to uh, nearby St. Barnabas Hospital for help and took off running. He collapsed on the sidewalk and bled to death outside the hospital. The latest suspect to come under arrest, who was um, subject of the surveillance image released by detectives earlier this week, didn't enter the bodega where Guzman Feliz was attacked, but he was seen uh, near the rear passenger side of the white actor parked at the scene, pacing from one side to the other until other suspects run toward the sidewalk outside the bodega when the 15-year-old was pulled outside. Uh, the suspect is seen jumping into the white Acura after Guzman Feliz was stabbed with knives and a machete as other men jumped into the vehicles involved in the crime. Investigators have recovered two vehicles involved in the killing, a white Acura and a black Dodge that belongs to murder suspect Kelvin Alvarez. Pacheco's arrest is 11 in the case. The law enforcement told PIX11 news that investigators are looking for one more man in connection with the killing that sparked widespread community outrage, cause of justice for Junior, and demands to end gang violence. That last individual was seen in a gray Honda, um, though investigators have not released more information about the vehicle. In addition to Pacheco, these individuals are all accused members of Trinitario's gang and are in custody in connection with Guzman Feliz's murder. Adeo Fernandez, uh, Jose Munez, who are both 21, Manuel Rivera, who's 18, Santiago Rodriguez, who is um, 24, Kelvin Alvarez, who's 19, Elvin Garcia, who's 23, Key uh, Martinez, who's 24, Jose Tavares, who's 21, Diego Suero, who's 29, and Gabriel Conception, who's 26. The gang has been linked repeatedly to narcotics trafficking, and federal prosecutors indicted dozens of gang members in racketeering cases earlier this decade. Members of the Trinitarios are also blamed for the June 18th attack on a 14-year-old boy in the Bronx. Uh, two days before Guzman Feliz was killed, gang members chased another team this time onto the Bronx River Parkway, meeting where they repeatedly beat and stabbed the boy who underwent emergency uh, surgery and lost a kidney. Police said the, that case and the killing of Guzman are linked. Uh, Guzman's Feliz's mother um, said he wanted to be a police detective, detective since he was five years old. The slain team was a member of the NYPD Explorers Program for Youth Interested in the Career in Law Enforcement. In the op-ed published uh, in the New York Daily News, NYPD con- Commissioner James O'Neill said, Guzman Feliz's death was like losing a family member that we thought we, that we didn't know we even had. 
So, yeah, have you heard about this whole case? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I've been hearing about it. I, I remember just sitting at my, you know, sitting in my car, driving to work, just crying, thinking about what these grown-ass men did to this baby. You know what I'm saying? It took all of y'all, motherfuckers almost 30 years old and shit, like, and you stabbing this baby. And it just made no sense. I mean, it was so stupid, the whole case, everything. This boy, he literally lost his, lost his life for no reason at all. And, I mean, it was even um, a, a footage that I had seen. It was, I don't remember who posted, but um, it was a, a photo of him being put by the back of his head. And um, I was so disgusted. I, I and I and how I actually found out about it, you know, I'm scrolling to Instagram. I'm looking, and I'm like, what is this shit? You know what I'm saying? I just see like these kids on there, or, or who I thought was kids, and I see them beating up, you know, Junior. And uh, then I start seeing them stab him and shit. And I'm like, what is this? And so I start reading the comments, and that's hilarious. It's like, why would you post? We literally just witnessed a murder. And so I look back at it, and I just started crying and stuff. I'm like, what, are you serious right now? Like, why would anybody even post something so horrendous? And then to know that, you know, he was just a kid, and it was just an accident. And the leader, he apologized uh, for mistaken identity. Like, all of that shit just had my mind boggled. Like, I actually now have – I'm sorry, but I have a headache even thinking about all this shit that they did to this kid for no reason. And then the fact that you're like, these people are – primarily in their 20s, you know what I'm saying, like, what the hell, and then prior to that, which I had no idea about, um, they stabbed a 14-year-old boy, and he lost his kidney, like, dude, these motherfuckers are some murderers, you know what I'm saying, yeah. like, so all of this, all of this is just crazy, and I really hope, you know, I know I've, most of them been, have it, I think they've been convicted, um, it was like five, the first five or the first four, and or I know they're in jail, you know what I'm saying? And it's just disgusting. And like for eleven people, twelve people to be have been involved in this one like really did it really take twelve of y'all to, to do this and and I don't even think that you know, the reason that they said because their cousin was on a, a sex video, whatever the case was, was actually that. I just think that they just wanted to find somebody who was smaller than them and that they just wanted to torture and kill, you know, for no reason at all. You know, and whatever whatever their mind state was, they're going to be in jail for the rest of their dumbass lives. So, you know, just yeah, stupid. yeah. Um, and if you all don't know what like Miss Angel Vandrina was saying, because I I literally I'm not on social media at all, so I don't really have any idea about anything until you know either someone brings it to my attention or I do watch a lot of YouTube videos, especially like a lot of. YouTube commentators, and if someone brings uh-huh. it up, I'm just like, oh, okay, so what happened? And that's when I Googled and found out, you know, everything and exactly what what took place. Uh, but what uh, she's referring to at the end with the cousin, it was um, – it was, I don't know if this was more so a conspiracy or fake news or if this really did happen, but it was just like a, a girl who was um, being recorded by her boyfriend – having sex with his friend, and then he posted it online. And then they said the leader of the gang called in because that was his cousin. I thought it was his sister, but it might have been his cousin, um, found out. And that's when they um, – she had him set up because she didn't want to get her boyfriend in trouble. That's that's what they're saying. Um, 
And so she invited him to give her money to get, like, on the train, like, $5 to get on the train. And that's when the whole situation took place. But I didn't, like you said, I didn't find out anything, you know, as far as, like, official news relating that whole situation. So I couldn't agree to it um, if that's what really took place. Well, I think I've seen online, actually, that um, it was one of the cousins. I mean, uh, it was a, a, I don't know, a funny-looking chick, and she was, over there confronting the cousin and stuff, and she was like trying to slap the shit out of her. She was like trying to come up in her house. She was just like, "No, nah, you ain't him kill." And she was like smacking at him. I was like, "Wow!" I actually reposted it on our um on our confession page. So you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if I can't find it, I'll send it to you or whatever. But um, yeah, like, no, I saw they, that they video as well. Her. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. So, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know. I, I you know, I don't know if, if you know what what happened, but they did say. Um, well, officials are saying it was a case of mistaken identity, but they're not really yeah. going into details what happened. Maybe we'll find out a later date of why they thought this was this person. But the other guy that got stabbed in the kid- kidney is what, who they're saying was the guy who recorded the video, the boyfriend. So uh, I I don't know. Boy, you know man. how they – yeah, but you know how the internet runs with these rumors, child. Um mm-hmm. Oh. But it, it all is it, It's really sad, it's really unfortunate And um, You know, I can't relate as far as Because like I, I, you know, I wasn't Stabbed and I'm not dead But I do remember and You know, I agree with what you were saying I, I got jumped one time, at, you know, as a child I, Actually, I was just telling my partner um, But I was with we, my cousin We got jumped <laughs> No, but this was before, this was before you Because this was oh. what, what, what you're talking about was my sister's fault and it was me you know want to support my sister and I do apologize for that but as far as when I was when I was in middle school um I was with my cousins and we was in the park and um these guys this group of guys and my cousin's friend she was she used to date or I know I think she was dating one of the guys but actually I don't even think the guy that she was dating was there um Hmm. no he was there he was there with her yeah and um, but he ended up leaving. She ended up leaving, and so we started walking back towards uh, my cousin's house. And the guys were like following us. And I remember thinking it was weird. Mm. You know, I was just like, "Why are these guys following us?" And now nowhere, one of them turned around, and just fired me dead in my shit. Like, <gasps> and then the rest of them they tried to, yeah, like they tried to attack me, and I ran. When is um, how old were you? I was in middle school, like eleven, twelve. But it was literally um, when they confronted him. Um, the girl, my cousin's friend, confronted, confronted them about it. They, he told, because um, she talked to her boyfriend. Her boyfriend said that um, they didn't want to fight each other, and so they saw me. You know, I'm a lot smaller. You know, and I'm sure they could tell I was gay too. You know, and that's why they. So I, I, I do get that. Just a case of let's see who we can attack right now. We on some fuck shit. You know, but. You know, wow, niggas be out here. On, so, yeah, so they just be out afterwards? here. Nothing. Um, I remember, like, my mother, she called the police. Um, and then, you know, we got, I mean, we told them, like, uh, as far as, like, ID and, like, what, what I could gather. But I don't know. I don't, to this day, I don't really know what they look like. You know, I just remember them being, like, you know, at the time, like, 16, 17, I would say. Um, and black white tees and during that time white tees were popping so it's just like you literally are naming everybody <laughs> you know what i'm saying so yeah um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was just very unfortunate, but I it it did. I I, I want to say I got PTSD from that. You know, I I did not go and hang out with people. I was not one of those outside kids. After that, I used to stay my ass in the house, child. Um, following that whole incident, but luckily I was not murdered. Yeah. You know, behind it. So. Yeah. I can. So be, did you did you I, actually get knocked down or anything like that? No. Because okay. once I once I realized, like once he hit me, I kind of like jerked anyways, you know. But he did. He, you know, my my face was swollen though. Um, but yeah, like no, I I split it, nigga. I was like, let me get the fuck out of here. But I remember That's after that, that was kind of like that. That was like um, after that, I remember like I kind of went crazy after that. Like I remember like anytime anybody said anything before you had a chance to put your hands on me, I was fighting your ass, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's just sad. It's so, it's so unfortunate that you know this man yeah. was just trying to live his live his life this and boy. to just be this attacked in this way. This little boy, I'm sorry. Um, and was attached in such a way. It's just horrible. I yeah. could not bring myself to watch the videos, but I definitely, I saw the video. I mean, I saw the um, pictures of him, like, bleeding out from his neck and, you know, holding his neck. And, you know, it's mm. just, you know, yeah. it's, it's it's terrifying. Yeah, that was absolutely awful. So, you know, you got to continue to keep their family in your prayers and, you know, just, just be careful. And like I was just saying what Charlemagne said, if you feel like you're in a situation where you're about to be jumped, ain't no reason to try to prove shit to nobody. You better get the fuck up and run right. as fast as you can because your ass may end up dead. And right. a punk looks, and it's not even being a punk, but running away could save your life. At the end of and the that's day. the thing so. with us. I, I would say with like black and brown people, I feel like we always feel like we have to prove a point. And, and that what shit. bothers me. It's just like, you know, it's okay. It's, 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 right. it's, it's okay to stand down. Like, it's okay. You know, if you feel like you're about to be defeated, like, get the fuck out of there. Even if you don't, even if you feel like, okay, I can whoop this, this nigga's ass, like, get the fuck away. Like, it's not, you know, you don't know what can come from it. You don't know. People are out here on another, on another wavelength in 2018. You know, yeah, is anything yeah. worth dying? You know? Exactly. Exactly. And when you yeah, and when you wake up from it, shit, you're not gonna even care. You're not gonna care a year right. from now. You're not gonna even care a week later. You know, it's not gonna be that deep. So <sighs> Yep. Well y'all, we're gonna go to a positive topic. So we're gonna go ahead and move on from here. All right, guys. So according to Vibe dot com, Amazon has acquired Nas backup online pharmacy startup for $1 billion. Okay, so when it comes to having an eye for startups, Nas, he knows how to pick them. PillPack, a door-to-door pharmacy service backed by the rapper's venture capital fund, scored big last week when Amazon acquired the company for $1 billion. Amazon shared the news on June 28th with plans to finalize the deal as soon as the fall. PillPack was founded by T.J. Parker, a second-generation pharmacist, and Elliot Cohen, a computer scientist, um, the Chicago Tribune reports, the company ships consumers their medications across the country. Nas Queenbridge Venture Partners was an early investor in 2014, and Fox Business reports that the fund raised $8.8 billion for the startup. Since then, the company raised the reported 100, oh, excuse me, $8.8 million for the startup. 
And since then, the company raised the reported $118 million in private capital before Amazon, before Amazon bought the company out. This marks the second time that Amazon has purchased a company supported by Nas. In March, if you guys remember, Amazon acquired Ring, a small doorbell company, for a billion dollars, which made Nas $40 million in the deal. Hillpack Visionary Team has a combination of deep pharmacy experience and a focus on technology. Jeff Wilkie, Amazon's CEO, worldwide consumer, said in a press release conference, PillPack is meaningfully improving its customers' lives, and we want them to continue making it easy to, for people to save time and simplify their lives and feel healthier. We're excited to see what we can do together on behalf of the customers over time. The owners ranked in $100 million each in the deal. Uh, well, the owners, they ranked in, excuse me, they raked in $100 million each in the deals, and there's no telling what knives he was able to get, but they're sure that he got a pretty penny. Um, this is just absolutely amazing. Jean, what is your, uh, what is your eye, you know? How do you feel about this? I agree. Um, amazing, iconic. And I'm just saying, my accent. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just super proud. Like I just, you know, I've always. How do you think Nicki Minaj feeling about this right now? Like, I think she probably can care less. You know, <laughs> unless he about to. Yeah, I mean, unless it's like to the point to where he, it was like a big ass deal, like where he got four five hundred million from it, which I doubt he was that he of an investor um, in the situation. But Nicki got her own money. Um, but I, I do think that it's dope that, you know, Nas has invested in all these tech startups. And, you know, I'm sure now you're going to have a bunch of niggas in the hip-hop community um, mm-hmm. trying to move more into that lane and doing all those investing. Because, you know, I, I know of – I knew of Nas investing into Bevel, which is like this uh, shaving system for, you know, men of color. Um, okay. That recently did a deal with Target or whatever. But, you know, when we found out about Ring, I was just like, wow, that's crazy. And then the fact that they did another billion-dollar deal with Amazon, it's just like, man, like, he's really out here. Like, that's just super inspiring, you know. And that's, like, my goal in life is to be, like, you know, like a venture capitalist and and an investor, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but one day that's what I want to do is invest in tons (laughs) of businesses and get tons of money back, you know, um, but I mean, props to him, man. Like that's just yeah. that is just so cool. Yeah, I think he's amazing too. Um, you know, go ahead and and that's a lot of people are afraid, you know, to invest their money because it's like, uh, if I invest in my money, am I gonna lose this money? Like I can be paying these bills right here with this money, you know. And now nah, it's just rich, obviously, but it's still a risky, you know, business. You you putting your money into these people's hands and you, yeah. you know, hoping. To get some type of, uh, you know, a, a nice and, you know, refund pretty much from what you invested in. So I'm glad right. that he's been consistently, um, you know, looking Winning. at these deals, obviously doing a lot of research, mm-hmm. you know, prior to, who's to say, investing. Right. Who, who's to say how many of these deals, you know, that he has invested in and they didn't go through? And, and like you said, with the whole exactly. thing of risk. I remember, and I talk about this all the time on the show, but one of my favorite documentaries was this documentary. Um, it was a 30 for 30 a documentary called Broke, and it was explaining, like, why so many athletes go broke so quickly after, you know, 
amassing this huge amount of money. And it's like, I'm going to say like in the first five years, they're just five to seven years. They're just like totally broke after they are retired from the NFL, NBA, you know, major league baseball, mm-hmm. what, what have you. Um, but it was like one guy on there who invested tons of money into, um, you know, games and, you know, and, and into tech or whatever. And this was like right before the recession bubble and he lost all of it. So, you know, shit like that is scary yeah. because it wasn't like he was out here just blowing it. It was just, he made uh, a stupid investment decision to put all of his eggs into one basket, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, props to Niles. He's out here winning right now as far as, yep. you know, in the business world. Not, you know, I'm proud you know, to see yeah. a black man succeed in that way. So, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too, y'all. And we're going to go ahead and move on to our final topic of the evening. All right, y'all. So I was reading this article on this uh, website called Medium, and, you know, it spoke about, you know, the wealthy and how they are um, – Preparing to, you know, at the end of the day, like preparing for the ultimate, like the end of the world and, you know, what they're going to do if they're going to move to another planet or, you know, make these barricades and, you know, these safe houses or what have you. But I thought it was very interesting. So I just want to read, you know, a portion of the article and then get your opinions. Uh, Angel Fondrini. Um, but right. it starts off with it says, Last year, I got invited to a super deluxe private resort to deliver a keynote speech to what I assume would be a hundred or so investment bankers. It was by far the largest fee I had ever been offered for a talk. About half my annual professor's salary ought to deliver some insight on the subject of the future of technology. I've never liked talking about the future, the Q&A sessions always end up more like parlor games where I'm asked to opine uh, on the latest technology buzzwords as if they were, excuse me, as if they were ticker symbols for potential investments, blockchain, 3D printing, crisp PR. Uh, The audiences are rarely interested in learning about these technologies or their potential impacts beyond the binary choice of whether or not to invest in them. But money talks, so I took the gig. After I arrived, I was ushered into what I thought was the green room, but instead of being wired with a microphone or taken to a stage, I just sat there at a plain round table as my audience was brought to me. Five super wealthy guys, yes, all men from the upper echelon of the hedge fund world. After a bit of small talk, I realized they had no interest in the information I had prepared about the future of technology. They had come with questions of their own. It started off innocuously enough Ethereum or Bitcoin is quantum is quantum computing a real thing. Slowly but surely, however, they edge into their real topics of concern. Which region will be less impacted by the cl- coming climate crisis, New Zealand or Alaska? Alaska? Is Google really building Ray Kurzweil a home for his brain? And will his consciousness live through the transition or will it die and be reborn as a whole new one? Finally, the CEO of a brokerage house explained that he had nearly completed building his own um underground bunker system and asked, how do I maintain authority over my security force after the event? Uh, the event that was there at Euphism for the environmental collapse, social unrest, nuclear explosion, unstoppable virus, or Mr. Robot hack that takes everything down. Single question. This single question occupied us for the rest of the hour. The new armed guards would be required to protect their compounds from the angry mobs, but how would they pay the guards once money was worthless? Who would stop the guards from um, 
Who would stop the guards from choosing their own leader? The billionaires considered using special combination locks on the food supply that only they knew, or making guards wear disciplinary collars of some kind in return for their survival, or maybe be building robots to serve as guards and workers if that technology could be developed in time. Um, that's when it hit me. At least as far as these gentlemen were concerned, this was a talk about the future of technology. Taking their cue from Elon Musk colonizing Mars, Peter Thiel reversing the aging process, or Sam Altman and Ray Kurzweil uploading their minds into supercomputers, they were preparing for a digital future that had a whole lot less to do with making the world a better place than it did with transcending the human condition altogether in, in and insulating, oh, and insulating, I'm a fucking dumbass, themselves from a very real <laughs> present danger of climate change, rising sea levels, mass migrations, global pandemics, um, nativist, uh, nativist panic and resource depletion. For them, the technology is uh, really about just one thing, and that one thing is to escape. Okay. So, yes, there may be different types of techniques, uh, depletions, and global pandemics. You really can't, like, you know, some of these things, uh, nothing is really guaranteed. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it definitely seems like the super wealthy, they're fighting to leave everyone behind. They don't care. But why do they personally feel these billionaires that whatever is going to happen is going to happen within the next, you know, I'm assuming that these people, these men, are, you know, of age 40 and older, what makes them think mm. that they're even going to live, you know, long enough to, you know, um, have to fight these battles like this world, like the world is going to be this big-ass crisis is going to end right away now. Yes, 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 it's a possibility, but, I mean, there's been years and, you know, years and years and years where this hasn't happened. Like, even uh, the, the flu pandemic happened in 1918, you know what I'm saying? So it's like from 1918, shit, we in 2018 right now. You know, that was so crazy long ago. You know, it's like it makes no sense that they would think. And then since then, there has been so much technology, and everybody has, um, you know, figured out different ways to stop things like that from circulating and from happening. And, you know, we've gotten smarter over the years. So I just I think that it's interesting that this is what they paid this woman so much money to ask when she can't even be a hundred percent sure what's going to happen within the next 50 to a hundred years, you know? So, um, you know, it's interesting. I don't think that, like I said, nothing is guaranteed. Um, if they want to prepare and, you know, spend all this money and be my guest, but I just don't feel like within the next 50 years that, you know, some type of pandemic or uh, depletion or something like that is going to happen. Obviously I can be a hundred percent wrong, you know, but mm. I just, you know, I just don't feel like that's going to happen, you know. I hear stories from my granny and things like that, and yes, life was much different from, you know, when she was young, you know, uh, 70, 80 years ago, and how it is now, but there is no real crazy stories that she's told us. only thing that happened is everything elevated. So, yeah. and technology has advanced a lot. But, I mean, hey, that can be our downfall as well. So what did you think about I this mean, uh, topic? I mean, for one thing, you never know, because I will say we just talked about, you know, a few episodes ago of Bill Gates coming out and, you know, talking about yep. how to mm-hmm. – 
combat chemical warfare because he feels like we're going to suffer from, you know, that in the next 10 yeah. years, which is very recent. That is still going to be, you know, we're all going to be very much alive, hopefully, you know, not yeah. on air. Um, not in 10 on years. air. <laughs> in 10 years. So, I mean, you don't really know as far as that. Um, but my thing is, I mean, it is scary, you know, to think, but it's just like, ultimately, what are you going to do? I mean, are you going to barricade yourself and, you know, try to, you know, live in your little shelter world for the next, you know, however, until you, you die? Better your friends keep it moving. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, would you want to be in this barricade for the next 30, 40 years? Like, how, you know, are you going to have enough supply to live that long and to be able to, mm. to bathe and to shower and to just drink water? You know what I'm saying? Like, just preparing for all that. I just, to me, I I just feel like I don't know if there was the end of the world if I would want to live through that. You know, I would definitely just want to just go on to heaven because I do believe in the, in the afterlife, you know. Um, but to continue to suffer here through all this, especially when, you know, you being wealthy and your money's no longer good. And, and it's just like right. the fact you have to put shock collars on people like they're you thinking about putting shock <laughs> collars on people like they're a fucking dog. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. To combat and just to hope that they don't turn against you, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, to never truly be able to enjoy your wealth anymore because, like they said, it's, it's now it's meaningless. It literally is. You, I mean, all you all you can do with what you gain is what you have at that moment. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I can see wanting to prepare for, you know, in the end times, but at the same time, why would you want to live through that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Well, it's definitely something to... Um, you know, discuss even more. And if you guys y'all have any opinions or you guys would like to, you know, give us, you know, some type of insight on it, don't forget to send that information to confession the number two us at gmail dot com. With that being said, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our confession question of the day. Okay, y'all, so confession question of the day. How does it make you feel, and we want y'all answers on this, when family and friends are always available for the negative things that happen in your life but are always, quote-unquote, too busy for the positive things? Now, something came up recently, um, Friday, with a family member of mine. And, you know, I love my family, y'all, you know, Shane, but, you know, and not to even say, like, whatever, you know, but it's whatever. So, you know, I was at my cousin's house, and um, I was asked, I was just like, hey, did you get my invite to my shower or whatever? And um, she was just like, well, what day is it? And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, this day, woo-woo. And she was just like, oh, my girlfriend has a, a, her baby shower this day. And I was like, okay, but, you know, we're family. And what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to have to see because I don't know. She's naming her daughter after me. Okay, who cares what's up? Like, what are you talking about? She's sending her daughter after you. Like, you can, you always want to be around and let me know that this is happening with my mom or this is happening with your daughter or whatever the case, but you're telling me that, you know, now that, you know, something good is going on, I barely see you as it is. You always got some negative ass shit to say. You don't want to come and support, girl. So, it just kind of made me irritated. You breaking up. Oh, it just, well, it just kind of made me irritated overall that she would, Tell me that she got like her girl, her friend or whatever like that is having a shower. Somebody she worked with a coworker, um, and you know I'm like, I'm like the little niece, you know what I'm saying? So 
that just irritated me a little bit. But how how would that make you feel, Jim? Personally, I mean, I definitely will feel a way about it, especially that we're family members. But at the same time, it's like your cousin should def- definitely be able to go to both. Um, bro, I mean, bro, it's my aunt. You, it's my auntie. Your aunt <laughs> should definitely be able to go to both. <laughs> um, you know, maybe start at your party. You know, end at your end at her her friend's party. You know. Um, but I mean, that's the thing What you know, you have some family members that's just here for the drama and they're here for, you know, all the unnecessary things. But when it's time to, you know, congratulate but you I, or to support you, they're not really there. And you just have to accept them for that, you know? Yeah. I just feel like it all came like when, okay, so, so one of my, um, my cousins that I haven't seen in a while, um, I don't, we, I haven't seen him in like a year. He came out, he's telling me that he's having a baby, uh, actually, Shatavia's son. He's about to get ready and have his child. You know, I'm like, what? Like, you, you've got a, a baby on the way, boo? Like, what? You know, he's 20. And um, so my mom came, and when my mom had, you know, came, he, like, ran out to, you know, hug her, and he was, like, rocking and holding her for, like, a super long, dramatic-ass time. And it really looked like he was just so happy to see her. And... You know, she was just, she looked at him, like, she, like, rolled her eyes, and she was just, like, he's so, he's such a baby. He's so, and I'm, like, why are you mad? And, like, right after that conversation, then I had mentioned, you know, the shower invite, and, like, I feel like, okay, so, I feel like you taking it out on me because, you know, this happened, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I just think that it's super dramatic, and it made made me feel some type of way, but once again, like you said, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to. Put that in my back pocket and keep it moving, and that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, like, I'm not going to say anything, obviously, to her, but I would just be like, you know, I just just know, like, motherfucker, when you get your wedding vows renewed or, you know what I'm saying, you want some, like, I'm not going to be there, so don't ask. And if you do ask, you're going to be see as hell when I say no. So <laughs> when I come up with an excuse, like, oh, Somebody else is getting their wedding vows renewed on this day because I'm so petty uh-huh. like that. Why am I petty? Like that? No, I, and I mean that, and I understand <laughs> because I was just like, um, I was just talking to Chris, and I was just like, wow, like it has been three people since I've been living down here that you know I thought I was close with, you know, friends with, and I was not invited to their wedding, and I was just like, you know, maybe I need to stop. Like, Are you serious? Uh, Why not? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't ask. I didn't ask, and I don't know if it was just like, you know, maybe small, like a small intimate thing, you know. But it's been like it's been three times now where it's, it's been like three different people. Bizarre. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like, wow, these are people that I fuck with. I definitely would have invited them to my wedding. So, you know, um, oh, you know, I, I guess you're just not as, you know, I, I had to realize, you know, I'm not, I'm not as close as with people that I think I am. I got to stop calling everybody my damn friend. I'm saying that for the longest time. <laughs> Your best friend. You know, Right. Well, I don't say I don't. I don't go around the best friend <laughs> no more. But I definitely say that people are like <laughs> my friend. You know. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's just you know, I wouldn't worry about it. You know, you don't want that energy anyways. If they're not going to be there for you, um, and happy about you growing and you know you having the twins, so family or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all, y'all got y'all opinion on this 
topics. Um, once again, how does it make you feel when family or friends, they are always available for negative things to happen in your life, but are always, quote, unquote, too busy for the positive things. Let us know. Um, you know, just send us a little email, and we'll read that next week. Confession, the number to us at gmail.com. Before we end the show this evening, Jeanne, why don't you let the world know what you confess your love for? Oh, so um, uh, this week I'm confessing my love for I've been since I've been watching uh, Pose, like I've been kind of like getting more into I've like learning that. about. I've seen that. I've seen you it. So you watched I it? Mo- I didn't. No, I didn't see them. I didn't see the show. I've seen a commercial for it, and I was like, "What is this? It looks good," but I didn't know what it was. No, I talked about it last week on the show. I was just like, I it's know, a, but I did not. I still was like, okay, this sound, this looks familiar. You know what I'm saying? But what is this? <laughs> you know, but <laughs> still confused. I remember. But no, I had pressure. But yeah, no, but you definitely should watch Pose. Like I've gotten um, Sierra, and I've also gotten like one of my best friends into watching it, and they have said your best like, friend? your best friend. No, but real life, like real life, like I said, <laughs> like I don't. I don't like my real life best friend. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm gonna start calling your ass out. Every time you call somebody your best friend, I'm gonna just say your best friend and that's it. Right. <laughs> no. But no, for real. Like this is somebody that I can call and pick me up on the side of the street, you know, and has okay. done a lot for me type shit. Like I, I really know. I know if she got married I would be invited to her wedding. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, no, but like her and then like us, Sierra, like they were just watching it. And Sierra said, and the same thing with me, like it was like literally every episode is something on there where I get like teary eyed from. I'm just like, wow, like, oh my God. I don't want, I do not stuff. want to cry. But you will. I mean, but it's, it's like tears <laughs> of joy because it's just like, oh. I, I just want, it's just like these people are, they're really trying, you know, okay. um, and they really are trying to work with you know, what they have and, you know, the cards that they have been dealt. But it's just such a great show. And I think, and once you see one episode, you're going to watch everything. And it's like literally, literally the whole class, like all the women are transgender. And you, if you did not know that they were transgender, you would not even have realized that they weren't like cisgender women. Um, yeah. But yeah, like Pose is a really good show. But it, it led me to like want to learn more about the characters, like MJ Rodriguez who plays Blanca, she's like the lead character, and then also like India Moore who plays like this character named Angel, who's like this Puerto Rican prostitute. She's like super gorgeous, mind you. Like I, I feel like she's going to be like the new Laverne Cox. Like she like if you've seen her, she's a bad bitch. Like nothing about <laughs> you her says like no for real. Like she really is like. You know, like she's gorgeous. Like she's so fucking pretty. Like and and she she's she's soft spoken. You know, talented. Like I I just really feel like she's going to be like the new like Laverne Cox. Like totally cisgender. You know, passing. Um. But yeah, um, they play in this movie and it follows like I guess this is like this. I don't know if it's just in New York. Um, but it's this thing called like Saturday Church, where it's this place that um, people of the LGBTQ community can come together and just truly be themselves. And um, it's kind of like a community outreach, but um, it was a coming of age. And it's like how this boy um, came to realize who had like gender identity issues and he would wear like leggings and um, like um, heels and stuff like that. And to learn that, you know, him identifying as a woman was okay. Um, but it was just a really good movie. It, it was like a musical too. Um, but I definitely think you should okay. check that out as well. But like, I've just really been getting into like wanting to know like the stories of these people and, you know, um, 
you know, their their struggles and, you know, how they have come to identify the, um, themselves and also, you know, how much that they have influenced our culture. You know, even from watching Pose, like the 80s ballroom scene, like it really had, like it's so much in pop culture and you don't even realize it from the music to the fashions to how they speak. Like literally all that shit was gay in the 80s and it's totally normal and cool now, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, guys, I want to tell you all, and it's not really like a love confession, but yesterday uh, I rented Den of Thieves, and if you guys haven't seen it, you got to watch it. It has, you know, like Gerald Butler in it who plays in like um, uh, like Olympus Has Fallen. Um, it has O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, which is, you know, what is his name, Ice Cube's son, um, and 50 Cent in there. Um, Evan Jones, which is dude from, um, he Cheddar Bob from that Eminem movie. Um, what was the Eminem movie? Y'all know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, 8 Mile. So, it is a crazy ass movie. Like, literally, me and my husband were sitting down when the movie ended for almost 30 minutes just talking about the movie and how it ended and how we were just so shocked. Like, oh my God, woo, 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 woo you know, laughing and shit like that. And it was just a really good-ass movie. So if y'all like um, a lot of action and stuff like that, Den of Thieves is a dope-ass movie, and you guys can get it in your local red box, okay? <laughs> and that's pretty much all. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to us this evening. You all can expect to hear from us next Sunday, July 15th, at the same time, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. We want to hear from you, so don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, tag us in the comments, and your emails at confessions2us at gmail.com, and let us know what topics y'all want to hear. This is your host, Angel Vibrina. And I'm your host, John Othello, and you are listening to the one and the only Confession Session. Good night, monkey. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me somebody to love? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. Somebody to love. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.